Yeah, you sound good. You sound good. Yeah, let's rock it like this. This is this is the way to go for sure. Okay, way for show. Figuring it out. Uh, Let me get myself set up on the angle though. Yeah, I feel it. That's, that's good. That's good. I'm ready to rock now. I got. All right, because I I listen back. I'm pretty I'm pretty loud in the mix, but. Yeah, no, I can hear you completely fine now. You can go down if you need to. Okay, and then I think I'll do that just a little bit. Um, I think it'll be all right, though, cause I, and I'm going to turn you up just a little bit. Turn that up. I think this should be good. Um, That's good. All right. Should we... Uh, kick the intro music? Kick the intro music. You ready? Yeah. Rolling. Check this out, and I'm gonna punch it. Oh, Zig at the Gig podcast, Sea Level Special Edition, Coda Cross in the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sea Level Special. Uh, seasonal is not enough, but you have the rights to burn your own gasoline. Part. Part two, three. Three. Uh, yeah. I think this is episode thirty-seven for your Zig at the Gig podcast. I think unless okay, cat's out. All right, this you're right around. You're right around there, thirty-seven ish. Yeah. I was trying to hold off to the forty-fourth, but forty-fourth episode, we gotta do something. Maybe For that's sure, that'll we, be that'll be the Pat one. Yeah, that's when we introduce Pat. I know I got at least one more queued up for this week. I'm trying to get a few more. So oh, okay. Well, either way, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, if you listen to the last two episodes, the first one we kind of broke down our first couple records and our first couple years of being a band, and then the second episode we started to break down our new album, Burn Your Own Gasoline. Uh, we got through about half of the record. We're going to do the second half today. We're also going to talk about some goofy nonsense like we always do, but if there's anybody listening to us right now, buddy. The Albert? Yeah. Check this out. Done. Man, you're getting too audacious with these <laughs> audacious with these with your iPad here. First of all, you didn't use the timestamp I sent you. You just put it out at the beginning of the song, it appears. Or was that the timestamp and I'm just um, that's the timestamp I had from last week, so it could have been the wrong. Because one thing I noticed with, you give me like a realistic way to find the timestamp from the start of the song. With the program I got, it does backwards. So, where I'm at right now in the song is... Yeah, man, two like we minutes, said, behind... Yeah, two minutes and 15 the curtain, seconds. That's the totally wrong timestamp. But yeah, but... Behind the curtain, everyone, welcome to... <sighs> why everything always fails for us because we can never communicate properly dave never listens to what i tell them to fucking do but um so yeah in this segment we talk about live streams and um and things that we've been well we're supposed to talk about gigs but there's still no gigs so yeah we're gonna talk about some live streams you seen any cool ones in the last week i saw a super cool one last week 
between it was a DJ battle. Oh yeah, be, that's between RZA and DJ Premier. Um, it's one of the coolest live streams I've seen. It got almost to it got all the way almost almost up to a million viewers or whatever. Whoa, million that's people. insane. Yeah, it was a lot of people in there, and everyone that was in there in the comments. Because when people that are verified comment, it pops up first. So, like, all the people in the comments were just very... It was all famous people. It was, like, every famous hip-hop person you could imagine. And RZA and DJ Premier were just going back and forth. Just beat after beat. It was so cool. And it was RZA's RZA's first live stream ever. Uh, Who won? I don't... (laughs) It's hard to say because they were supposed to go 20 beats. They were supposed to go, you know... Yeah back and forth for 20 songs but once they got to 20 they just kind of kept going and after that it was kind of like they were just messing around they weren't as serious you know Mm. i personally would say rizzo won but it was really close it was pretty much pretty much dead even because they're both amazing you know it was it was crazy to see it was like take it was like taking a time capsule back to like new york city in 1993 and just being on seeing like two amazing DJs go back and forth. That's insane. Yeah, that's a fucking... That is definitely a stream for sure. I did not catch anything that cool. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some cool streams. I uh, I saw Flea. Um, Oh, you saw the Flea one, the interview I sent you? Yeah, I watched that one. I didn't see that one. Really? You saw the whole thing? Yeah, 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 where he talks about Trick Finger. Yeah, I wish I got to see that whole thing. I just saw the clip that I, I sent you. Oh, no, that's all. I thought maybe that was the whole thing. No, I oh, saw no, just you, that. No, yeah, you're a fool. That was like a 30-second clip, dude. Um, and I saw <laughs> I saw another one he did where he was just playing, like, bass in his garage. Oh, that's and, cool. Like, but what was kind of tripping me up, I was looking at Flea's head, and there was, like, a, his head looked weird. The back of his head, I, it, like, he had, like, a weird ponytail or something. Yeah, but, he has a rat tail. They call yeah, it a rat tail. Rat tail. That's what, but it was, like, it, not long enough to see that it was a tail. It was just, like, the start of a tail. It was like a rat yeah. stud. So I, I think like, he did that. I think he did that for one of his friends that died or something. Gotcha. Like some, he had some epic flea reason for going rat tail. It. But it's kind of. I didn't know it something existed. he would do. And then I was looking at him like, "Yo, what's up with Flea's head?" And I also, I kind of, I was watching that. Do you did you ever watch Flea's bass lesson video? Totally, I have it on DVD, and I've yeah. watched it with I've watched it with people just at my house that don't play instruments at all or bass or anything it's just a cool thing to watch it, it's almost not as much you're as talking a, about with river phoenix yeah yeah i rewatched that a couple like maybe like a week ago that's and, cool uh, you know you're going right up my alley talking about flea yeah because well, i've been reading is, that book so uh but yeah we'll put a pin in that really quick because this is like this is weird because it's one of those instructional music videos that you could watch with someone who doesn't play music because it's, it's River Phoenix interviewing him. Yeah. And he just, it's, ah, it's really cool. It's almost just like a kind of philosophical conversation. It's really, a, it's a really, I remember seeing it for the first time being like, Flea is the smartest. You know what I mean? Like, he can make anything cool. He's very cool. smart. Which, uh, let's segue into you've been uh, turning some pages towards Flea reading his book. Yeah, I've been reading that book. How deep you in? I'm about 100 pages deep, 120 maybe. Nice. Um, I've been reading it for three days. It's it's one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah. It's so good. Um, 
the point I'm at in his life, he's in Los Angeles right now. He's I think he's about 10 years old, 11 years old. He hasn't met Anthony yet, but he did meet Jack Irons, which is pretty cool. Um, when I So the book is told in little segments, and I kind of told you this before when we were talking oh, about it. Guess. Yeah, but way cooler. <laughs> and uh, one of the first segments, he talks about his granny from Australia, and he calls her his rocking granny. And today I went and visited my granny, who I haven't seen in like over a month. In Australia. Not in Australia, in North Ridgeville, which is eerily similar to Australia. Um, Uh, Anyways, I went and saw her. I wanted to to just hang out with her outside, but she insisted that I come in the house. I washed my hands like nine times in a row. But I took the book with me and... I've never really done this. It was really cool. I read her the section because my grandma, I don't know, you probably don't know this, but my grandma can't, my granny can't see very well. She has, okay. uh, she's like half blind in one eye, I think it is or something. Okay. She can't see very well. And she is a reader. She's a hardcore reader, but she, like she doesn't read anymore because yeah. she can't see. If she does, I think she does it on her computer. And so I, today, actually, while I was over there, I bought her this sweet, um, magnifier re- reader reading oh, magnifier yeah yeah on amazon it's basically like the size of a of a notebook page and you hold it over whatever and you read it so i'm gonna bring her some books next time i go over there but today i wanted to read her that section of the flea book that he talks about his granny so i did i sat there and read it and my grandpa sat there too and i read it to both of them and it's actually a longer section compared yeah. to the rest of the book it's like it's like maybe three pages. So I was sitting there reading for like maybe 10 minutes or so, but that got a little choked up at a certain point, but I held yeah. it together. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool, man. And yeah. it like, in it segued me into a really deep, cool conversation with my grandpa and my grandma, where they both kind of started telling me stories of, uh, just like old stories of the moving, moving around from place to place and just, different things that's awesome it was really cool all from flea man <laughs> yeah i feel like a lot's gonna come from this book it's gonna get really deep it's a it's a deep book a, uh, well when you whenever like a book takes a instead of like a fluent chapter you know what i mean where you're like oh it's 15 pages and then you're on chapter three when when like chapter two is like four sentences that's the thing there's no chapters in this book I know book. and in this book there isn't is, but like in general like when they like someone boils it down it can say a whole I feel chapter. like Flea Flea's so cool man he <laughs> was just like I'm gonna write a book but fuck chapters you know what I mean like, like that's just how his brain is like, like you can't put this you can't put this man in a chapter you can't put this what are you gonna do like you know what I mean? It's so cool. But let's put a pin in that because I wanted to talk about that later. We're still talking about live yeah. streams. I wanted to mention there's another live stream I've been watching every Saturday at 7 o'clock. My favorite comic book writer, Donnie Cates, does a YouTube live stream with his yes. wife. It's really cool. Also, um, my favorite, my the local comic book store that I shop at, Comics Are Go, they've been doing live sales every Tuesday and Friday around 7 was it if you uh, check that on their Facebook page yeah. if anyone wants to check that out? And how it's does really that cool. work? So basically it's a like online sale. He pulls up books, he tells you how much they are, he gives you a deal, you comment and say if you want something, 
and then he'll message you later after the stream and you get into contact and figure out uh, when and how he's going to send it to you and how you're going to pay cool. for it and all that. Cool. And uh, you Does can get the, the, What'd you say? Does it get fierce? Are people like, yo, no, 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 no. No, I no, said- it's actually it's actually really chill because it's oh, okay. everyone from the store that gotcha. knows each other. So it's actually, it's really fun. We we goof off in the comments and, you know, I've been making memes of Which is- Eric. Actually, <laughs> I, I commissioned you to do the last one with me. And how'd that um, go? Did it turn out all right? It went great. Everyone <laughs> loved it. It was hilarious. I am. I can't look at that image without laughing very hard. And I have an idea for the for this week's. So I want to do right. one every Wednesday. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna hit you up about that. But yeah, so any other streams you wanted to plug that you've been seeing? Um, George Hartwig. George is always there was George one, has been uh, doing them almost every I mean, day. Yeah, he I was I called George to do the negative space one, which we'll get into in a minute. But um and he's got a he, George uh, he's got a strategy, man. He's he's going global, like that. He's Go-Go, a master planner. Like he's, a, he's like he's he plans things so insanely. I know, and like uh, so George, um, Kevin Eastman, uh, co-creator of TMNT, had a pretty good one, which I watched half of, and then went uh, to pizza. It was like eat pizza and watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with him. That's yeah. That was really I watched cool. that I was salty. one. I missed that one. But he had a. You, you didn't watch it live though, so I watched the count. the movie one live when he watched the movie, oh, and really? I did, yeah, I will say it was one of the more boring live streams because it was just kind of him watching, and he wasn't. Like, he didn't was, say anything. No, he did, but his his wife was like, "Um, Scott from Arizona wants to know, uh, who uh, who came up with Casey's outfit or whatever," and he but. He didn't need any questions. Kevin Eastman just had all these points he wanted to bring up, and he's just like, "Oh, I love this! Oh, this is the best!" And like, it was awesome. Yeah, no, I wish I got to see that. That sounds awesome. But he did another one this week, which I watched part of, where he goes back in time because it was like the whoa, is that the chocolate of Christ? Yeah, man, my grandma blessed me today with the chocolate cross. <laughs> and you ate it upside down, I gotta say. Hey, Satan! <laughs> I want to say, officially on this podcast, that we don't hail Satan or worship Satan. We just think he's cool. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got a point I want to bring up about Satan in my Satan segment, which I'll get to in a minute. But um, so the second one was kind of cool because he went. You're through, banned from segments. No, this one's a good one. This one's a good one. Um, We're still in the middle of a segment. I know, we still but had something else to talk about. You yeah, I'm just saying that the Kevin Eastman's second segment, um, or second now I can't even talk. His second I know, live really stream was sick, and like he showed like pages, like rare pullouts and like sketches Whoa. from the original, like. Um, issue that came out and their press releases and their press posters and shit and it was really cool. Pretty cool and he he was ready this time like he had all this shit he was gonna show you it was rad um i've also been watching um the social distance fest page do you follow that i don't not i might i don't think i do um i probably do and i haven't seen it it's a it's so it's a page that pages a bunch of live streams right and um, there's a certain number of you have to get approved to be on it, and I did one on it uh, Sunday 
or no Friday or whatever. And like, uh, but people who post on it are reoccurring characters in this stream, and there's certain people that are real popping on it. And there's this one lady called Carolina, Caroline Scruggs, Carolyn Scruggs, and uh, she is like plays a banjo ukulele and a theremin, and like. Lives in like a at least in the every video she's like that kind of gal. <laughs> she's 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 in this like um uh, RV like in some on dis- like some location this close location, and it's her and some dude playing trumpet, and he's always like working on shit while she's just like it's amazing. That sounds classic. So that um that has been a really fun page to check out. Cool. That wasn't. You said you were going to do a segment in the middle of yeah, the segment that, we were doing. I'm not going to do but that. But that was just. Yet. That was just part of what we were just talking about. So let's talk about negative space, dude. Let's launch into that. All right. So um, we're doing. We wanted to talk about uh, one of our favorite local spots, uh, venue slash. It's more of an art gallery, but we've always used it as a venue. I mean, as an art gallery, also. But we yeah. like to play music there. And our good friend Gadi Samir uh, runs the place, and he's the main artist there. And basically, they're having some struggles with not being able to be open right now. They're a non they're a nonprofit, right, Dave? Yeah. So Negative Space is a nonprofit art gallery. Dave is on the board there, so he yep. can speak more properly on the technical terms. I'm just a guy that has gone there a lot of times. Um, and so at the moment, because of the coronavirus, there's no way to get, um, anyone in there. There's no way to continue with events. And a big thing is they had, um, summer classes planned. So every year, Negative Space for the last three years does a art program, which is an all-inclusive, like, art, music, whatever medium, um, they run an after-school program teaching art classes for kids who do not have access to after-school or art programs. And it's like a crazy thing that goes like all summer right until school starts back up. And uh, it's a they're kind of crazy long classes. Like I did one last year, a music class that went from 9 to 4, like, <laughs> like nonstop, which was a great time. And like that not being there left a lot of concern and question for how things would turn out for them. So, so they're not they're not able to make the money that they need to be able to pay the rent and basically yeah. sustain because they're not like I said they're a nonprofit so it's not as though so much that they need the money to pay the people that are involved. It's, they need the money to simply keep the place open. Yeah. So what rent. we're doing this week is we wanted to and by we mostly Dave. This is no, mainly Dave's idea. Together. I'm just I'm just a little bit better at talking. <laughs> um, he had this idea of doing a week long stream. So each day of this week coming up, and we're gonna put out this podcast tomorrow. So yep. anyone that's hearing that this podcast is this week is uh, the week of four twenty to four twenty five. 420 being tomorrow, the day that the podcast should be out. And we, Dave has planned um, for three people 
to put, correct me if I'm wrong anywhere in my explanation of this, he's going to have three people playing, doing live streams in support of Negative Space each night. So there will yes. be three Monday, three Tuesday, four three Wednesday. Wednesday. Four, One Wednesday? Four. Four Wednesday? Yep, we got bonus. That's wild. <laughs> I um, know. <laughs> three, three Thursday? Yep. And then on Friday, the grand finale is we are going to... C-Level is going to play a set at Negative Space with Gotti Zamir doing live painting with us, which is something that he... Yeah, this uh, is Gotti's typically idea. He typically doesn't do this. He's not no. really a, a live painter or a live artist, I would say. He's the type of guy that more so does it in his space, in his time. I've seen yeah. him do art in front of people before, but never really on stage. Pers- I've never personally yeah. seen him do art on stage. I've seen him do it in his room while gigs were going on but never on stage so this is kind of a once in a lifetime thing and tess tessa is also going to do art yeah she's going to do art as well which is a tessa lebron who is another member of negative space she's an in-house artist with Gotti. so there's so we're gonna have so we're gonna have two live painters playing with us at negative space yes um we're gonna get set up with a Social We're gonna get it set up with Studio Forty Four. Jay Sparrow's gonna help us out, so it's gonna okay. sound real nice, and we'll have some nice camera setups. And uh, so everyone, tune in. We're gonna probably do that around six o'clock on Friday. We're thinking. Yep. Six. So and it's gonna it's gonna all be happening at the same time. So you're gonna hear us play and see us play, and it's gonna pan to Gotti playing and pan to Tessa painting. And but you're still gonna yeah, you're hear gonna us. and we're gonna, gonna pan to the oh, yeah, you're gonna see negative space. You're gonna see the whole art gallery. So we're really hoping to get a lot of donations in to help Gotti out. So you that stream is gonna be the most important one of the week because you'll get to actually see the gallery, see pieces, see him doing art. You'll see the stage. You'll get the whole vibe of the whole feel. If you're someone that's never been there, it's a really cool space. It's it's, it's been around for years. Um, me and Dave played there so many times since yeah. going back since before Dave was on the board or involved with Gotti. We've just always loved his art, and we've always loved playing there. We even got to see one of our favorite artists play there. Ian Mackay yep. played with his wife in his band, The Evens. And I know that was a really amazing experience and gig for me and you and Gabe to see. Yeah, um, yeah that. So it's it's a really special space, and we most importantly we don't want to see Gotti lose his Life his space yeah. and his his thing. You know, this is a thing that we're all a part of. So we just want to work on supporting that we want to get as many donations and we want to provide the people with as much music and as much uh knowledge on negative space so like i said we're playing friday at six you want to run through yeah before i playing up i kind of want to just add on to what you were saying a little bit before i give the 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 schedule the rundown uh Gotti will never do this i try to interview him i try to get him in front of the camera and he's too shy and it's it's really a shame but um he he worked from the ground up to get this place where it's at. And, like, because I remember I, I tell him I'll do these nursing home gigs, and he's like, oh, I used to work in one. He's like, I was a janitor in some nursing home for I can't remember how many years before he's doing what he's doing now, which is running this art gallery. So, mm-hmm. and, like, knowing that that's been his lifelong, like, hustle to make this happen, 
I think is important for like listeners to understand like how kind of crucial it is that we kind of try our best to help out because he's negative space has been a platform for countless artists to who yeah not just musical this. artists yeah. or, or visual artists and everyone who have gotten their start there there's so many people that come through there that it's either their first show music wise or their first showing their first um attempt at putting a gallery together and like and, and it's a really special space that has brought a lot of confidence and a lot of joy and a lot of um, people into becoming themselves. And I think that's been Gotti's mission all along. Um, and uh, so the schedule is, I got it pulled up here. Um, so it starts tomorrow on Monday, four, April 20th, 420 at, at I believe, 6 o'clock. With. And, um, so there's also... So how it's going to work is on on the negative space um why is all these tabs open why can't on It's ne- going to it's going to play on the negative space Facebook page. Yes. So it's going to be a the individual artists will stream from their personal page and we will start a negative space watch party and a watch party within the event itself. But the main focus is on the negative space page because there's a reach for us and for the artists who uh, are performing that may have not had that reach that we had at the gallery. Um, Monday, we are going to start at 5.30 with Sean, who has been the humble open mic night host for the last five years. Sean who? Sean, um, gosh, what's Sean's last name? Huh? Sean from Negative Space. (laughs) Sean, um, uh, he runs the mic night there. He's going to do like a quick... 30 minute intro at 5.30 and introduce everyone who is playing um, that day and then we'll have Gaw Michelle Gaw from 6 to 6.45 Mikey Silas from uh, Apostle Jones from 7 to 7.45 Christine Lewis from 8 to 8.45 on Monday and then rinse, wash, repeat we will do it again and on Tuesday which I am super excited about. Well, I'm super excited about Monday. I think every night this week is going to be a banger. Um, Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday. Why can't I pull up? Oh, there it is. Tuesday, we're going to have Sean do another quick intro. And then we got Taylor Lamborn from 6 to 6.45. James Thaddeus from 7 to 7.45. Our good friend from Rubik's Groove. And then... The man, the myth, the legend, George Furious Hartwig at 8 to 8.45. Yeah, that's a banger day. That is a banger of a day. Um, the original lineup, I think I had Dan. So, I'm eating uh, tacos and drinking margaritas watching that whole shit. That's going to be sweet. And I believe uh, Dave, uh, uh, Dreadlock Dave, he streams that night on his own. And uh, we were talking about it. And he said he's going to um, shout, do some shout outs for us. So if people are tuning into that as well, you might hear him some cross promotion because he's a superhero. Who's um, playing Wednesday? Is he doing Wednesday? Who's playing Wednesday? Oh, who's playing? Um, Wednesday we got Sean Brewster from six to six forty-five. Dan Soha, Dan and Bethany, uh, Bethany at seven seven forty-five. Ben Gage at eight to eight forty-five, and then Dylan Stewart from Astral Radio from nine to nine forty-five, and. Thursday, which is also, I think, a banger of a night. 
Wednesday's a banger of a night too, man. Uh, Thursday, like this would be a sick festival. We should reenact this when this is all said and done. Um, yeah. Thursday, we got Brandon Postman from six the six forty five who wrote a lovely review, a lovely and honest review of our album. It was lovely. He had some good criticism of you that I stand by. Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate it. Like, I, it was earnest, it was honest, and, like, it, it wasn't just like, you guys are cool. I'd rather hear some uh, some, some grit. Um, 7 to 7.45, Leah Mara, and then Uncle Gnarly wrapping it up at 8 to 8.45, who, he just wrote a really, really nice comment about the event. Um, I was trying to pull it up, my computer's jumping on me. And then, it's Friday, sea level, me and you. From six to seven. Me and you and Pat, it's a full band stream. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Don't not. We're gonna rock. We're, we're pro- gonna... actually we're probably gonna play the full album. Yep. Burn that was... your own gasoline in its entirety. Which was which we've never done. So we're just fuck. It's it's gonna be a whole lot of exclusives. And one thing I think is uh, <laughs> uh, that we the only this would be the only time we can ever do this because we'll be live at negative space. So when we end with stop live at negative space, you know, we can't do stop live at negative space at the Yeah, we'll probably start we'll probably start off with some other tunes I'm thinking, right? I I figured we would just run the album and then whatever we want to I figured we'd run a couple tunes and then jump into the album. Okay. And then you know what I mean? That like, way we end with stomp and we play for like a full full hour at least cuz yeah. the the album ain't a full hour. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, Negative Space is a great place, and if anyone has any money that they could donate, even if it's like five, ten bucks, whatever, you can throw towards the pot to help out Gotti, you know? So even if you, whatever you got, man, we appreciate any help. And one thing it, I wanted to point out, especially uh, with our album release, Gotti did the artwork and at our release show, Gotti being there with his art from Negative Space was a big part of our release show. That was like totally. um, something that made it unique and made it. Um, yeah, I think one of the fa- one of all of our favorite parts of the album is the artwork and the design, which you just you designed it. But I mean, Gotti def- Gotti did the artwork, and it's yeah. amazing artwork. It's a really great painting that he did and we were lucky enough to be able to display the painting the actual original copy at our cd release show for the album and like dave said we displayed a lot of his art there it's really fun setting up the whole stage it was yeah it was really fun setting it up with Gotti, and uh he's just a great guy if anyone doesn't know him he's you gotta look his art up his art's phenomenal and there's really no way to describe it it's unlike anyone's else's visual i've never seen someone create visual art the way he does um i think uh just uh i know we're not going to go into talking about the album but uh i'm going to play uh this is Gotti talking about the album art and the meaning behind the picture you cool with that yeah play it here we go all right the story of where this painting came from is why it really moved me to use it for our record okay so if you can Tell me that story one more time. Yep. Uh, okay, so this piece is calling is called Shooting Words, and it's inspired by a friend of mine in Israel who chose 
and not to serve in the army and to pursue changing the world in his own way. He's a musician and in Israel, even though it's mandatory to go to the army, you have the right to refuse to go, but then it goes on your record yeah. and it's uh, kind of like a social uh, uh, stigma that gotcha. you, you, you get if you don't go to the army. But I commend him for sticking uh, to his gun, no pun intended, and, uh, and pursuing his own way to express himself and to make a change in the world. So basically I changed the rifle uh, over here with a guitar and that's to symbolize his choice to pursue music and to, to make a change right. through that. And all the words that he's shooting are uh, uh, insp inspirational uh, words like hope, friends, mercy, path, direction, uh, God, uh, faith, um, charity, um, so um, gratitude. So that's what I try to kind of like illustrate that, you know, you don't have to be a soldier and kill and conquer and, or if, if it doesn't follow your uh, conscience, you know, if it doesn't part of your path. So that's what this story is beautiful. Thank you. All right. Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Um, I hope that came through clear for the listeners, but it did. If it did, if it didn't, the videos on there's a video of that on YouTube. It's you, not it's not so much a video; it's basically just the audio. Because, yeah. like Dave said, God, he didn't want to be on camera, like but you a can true see artist. Where in the painting he's talking about, and like it's crazy because all his paintings are like that. He goes crazy in detail about the meanings behind each little bit. Yeah, um, it's really cool. And then one of my favorite parts about it too is it it's you. Like I don't care what anyone says. Oh, oh, I'm, lo yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at <laughs> the painting right now, and it's just—it looks so much like you. Not like you right now, but it looks like a version of you, like an alternate universe. A this cool is like version of me. This too. is the Woody Guthrie version of Dave. <laughs> this is the early 1930s Dust Bowl ballad. <laughs> Dave and it's just so cool I don't know it's like to me it's def it's easily the coolest album cover we've ever had definitely, definitely. it's uh and it's it's probably could be my favorite album cover ever it's definitely one of my favorite not to be uh swayed yeah I don't artists, know yeah that, you know maybe that mean? sounds there's weird a little, there's a little as you're as an artist when you're trying to pursue something and you just really finally get what you want after so many years, you know what I mean? Not yeah. that like not that the cover is the biggest deal of a record, but it is a it matters. really big part of it. And yeah. uh I like the cover of Rights too. Yeah, that was a good one too. But man, this one's like ten out of ten. Rights is is up there, maybe like a seven or eight out of ten. What was it uh um... and then and then the first record's probably like a four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a good album cover, but it exists and it's us. It's not um, bad. It's not yeah. a one. It's yeah. <laughs> it's got heart and integrity in it. For sure. It's just not. It's not good looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is could be that's kind of a good description is, of us back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And which was the, the description of my Tinder page, and that's why it never worked out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's weird. You'd be a you, hit on Tinder. <laughs> it's, it's weird that you say that because uh, George. When I was t getting George on the bill for this uh, for Tuesday, 
he was like, I, I'm like, did you listen to the record yet? He's like, I don't got Spotify. I'm like, I've got it. And I was explaining the story behind the cover of the album because I was trying to like tell him who Gotti was because George is just stepping out not knowing anything about Negative Space. For the most part, everyone in the bill has a special connection with Negative Space. But George, he's uh, George doesn't. George is just doing this because he, he believes in us and the people we uh, believe in. And um, he's guy. like, I thought that was you. Yeah, great guy indeed. He's like, he I said, thought- I thought that was you. <laughs> yeah, on the cover. That's, that's classic, George. That's classic. Like, no, dude. <laughs> that guy's way cooler. He's kind of one- like, our, he's like our musical dad. And in that, not just in like, in so many different ways. Yeah. But like one way being he just isn't up on the times like he pays attention but he doesn't know what's going on (laughs) he does in what he's doing for sure like no for sure i mean i mean as far as us i mean oh yeah definitely as far as what we got going on we're too crazy we'll be like oh negative space that's the thing that they do or like oh you know what i mean but he doesn't fully understand he's kind of just like knows something's happening was it no yeah definitely he's aware of it but so um but yeah so he was all bored and like i gotta actually i gotta write up a thing for him um but yeah man no i think this is gonna be a really cool like even if the money isn't all there by the end of this i think uh Gotti's done so much for everyone giving them a place to play and giving them a chance to be who they are and uh, amplify what they're doing that the least we can do is a week of Gotti gratitude and uh, if we can make that number, there's a bunch of stuff I also want to say. If you donate, you get shit. You're not just throwing it just to be a good person, but you get stuff. Oh, that's cool. So uh, if you don't mind, I want to read you some of the possible uh, the gifts you can uh, receive. So if you donate anything, if you donate a dollar or up, you get a signed print from Gotti. That's cool. Donate for a dollar? Hell well, yeah! I mean, like any donation, Gotti's like. Yeah, I know, but I'm yeah. saying, that, I mean, people that only got a dollar, they still yeah. get something cool. Yeah, something super cool. Um, if you do twenty bucks or higher, twenty to thirty range, you get a print from Gotti and one from Tessa. Uh, nice. Thirty-five to fifty, you get a print plus a negative space mystery merch. So either like a. Um, they got cool magnets. They got magnets, they got t-shirts, they got hats. That's kind of a limited quality, so you don't know, and sizes will vary. But if you're in that range, you're going to get something with your print. Um, 100, 150 bucks to 200 If you donate that, you get a two-hour event of your choosing, public or private, that apply to the rules of the building. So you get the space to do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> That's pretty two cool. hours. 300 That's to 450 cool. is a four-hour event. You know what I'm thinking? Gang bang! <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's that's not that's not approved by the building code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, um, <laughs> um, I think 500 or more, you get a medium piece by Gotti. So he's got two pieces on. A, I got a flyer that's floating around with all the visual stuff of what this looks like. That's really cool, man. I, I like the sound of all of this. Um, so that's uh, the 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 deets on if you guys can help out. You got some stuff coming your way, and more stuff might bounce on. Like uh, Rafiq from uh, Morning to Black Star hit me up. He's like, I'm gonna give you a signed album of our new record coming out to um, auction. So maybe that 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 point we can throw that in uh, as well. 
So some people have been like donating things to donate, which has been cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but as far as like uh, streams that I'm hyped for for this, I'm really excited to see Dan Soha stream. I don't think I've seen him stream yet. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for George. George. And James. I haven't seen yeah, James do one yet. Yeah, James is going to kill. Everyone, I'm like super excited for everybody that we got playing. Kind of sad you didn't get me. Well, I mean, we're we're doing the the the, the friend, you know, Wango Tango at the end. Oh, you did make it sound cool. There. I did. Like, <laughs> a good Ted Nugent song into it. Man, I love Wango Tango. That's a great tune. Wango Tango. That's um, a cool song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that about wraps it up. I think that's we Next we segment. pretty much look. Yeah, we love Negative Space. Check out all those streams. The next segment we're going to launch into is the Aired Out segment. Hey, airing it out. Stop stop chopping things, man. You, Martin Gay is unchoppable. The man I made gave the perfect music. Yeah. And every time I get my groove going in a, in a, <laughs> in a segment... Theme song, you start chopping it. I, uh, so I'm gonna air as as I already aired that out. There you go, <laughs> um, dude. The number one thing I wanted to talk about that made mm-hmm. me angry this week in my life was fucking safety guys. I just want to say, <laughs> any type of safety enforcer is just the worst person. Just, just no. Just give it up. I got yelled at at work the other day for not having safety glasses on in a completely finished apartment underneath the kitchen sink. I was in a cabinet doing the kitchen sink, and this guy yelled at me. And I'm probably going to have to deal with him on Monday, tomorrow. just wanted to say that if you're a safety guy, you're just not living life correctly or properly, and I feel bad for your soul because <laughs> there's probably just no – there's just something that happened when you were younger that just – just tore your soul apart and now you're just like it's worse than being a cop you know what i mean because at least a cop like they you know cops do good stuff i mean people want to talk about bad blah, blah, but at least sometimes you know what i mean their whole main thing is to do good stuff yeah safety really. inspect like have you ever has there ever been anyone that was like oh man it's a good thing that safety inspector yelled at me for having my safety glasses on because i would have just died if i didn't listen to it you know what I mean? I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah, well, and most of the part, they're they're not really preventing; they're like observing. Yeah, them. yeah, they yeah. don't enforce any of the serious enforce rules on this, the on this job site. They enforce stupid things. Like, so I just want to say that, and um, also bouncing off of that, I said police are do good things, but I heard <laughs> I've heard I've heard of some people getting pulled over for being out after curfew, and I think that's a little bit silly and mili- militaristic of them uh i don't know maybe there's more going on and the stories i've heard are yeah one-sided but i think it's kind of silly that an adult would get pulled over for being just being out at yeah. night it, it so, is insane i think if, that's kind of silly to me that the the curfew part at night corona ain't gonna be spread around at night Corona is a yeah. You're right. Job. Yeah, you, where you know are you gonna go at night? Yeah, because yeah. everywhere's closed, so you're really just like walking around. Yeah, you're right. I never thought of it like that. Like, yeah, that, that to me that, that I think yeah, it's just a cop's another co- excuse for a cop to 
be like, oh, so it's nighttime, you're up to something, you yeah, know? Yeah. But yeah, those are the two negative the things I wanted to talk about. Also, for positives in the air it out section, I wanted to bring up books we talked about okay. earlier. We talked about the flea book earlier. Um, yeah, just good books are awesome. And if anyone listening needs a book, I got a whole library at my house. I meant to make a I meant to make a post at the beginning of all this, but I never did. But if anyone needs anything to read. Just let me know. I've been going around giving out books to everyone I know, making sure they got stuff to read. Um, like I said, I've been reading the Flea memoir. I wouldn't call it an autobiography. It's it's different. Um, it's the first book I've actually read in about a year and a half, to be honest with you, because I've about a year and a half ago is when I started reading comic books. And everything changed. <laughs> which I still consider those. I still yeah, consider yeah, those yeah. books totally. You know. So it's not like I haven't been reading. I just haven't read a, an actual, you know, a thick novel, boy novel book, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I also got the last thing I got wrote down for aired out positives, just like ninjas and dragons <laughs> are fucking cool. Not Not dungeons and dragons and not like, not necessarily ninjas and dragons together. They're just two cool things that I felt were like equally cool. I couldn't really pick between the two. So I just thought I'd say they're both pretty kick ass. I like when ninjas do things and I like when dragons do things. Whether they're good or bad ninjas or good or bad dragons, they're usually pretty kick ass for me. So I just wanted to air that out. That's a great thing to be aired out. I don't think either of them get enough play. You know, both those are two kick-ass things that I think need to be reminded. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely dragons. Like, yeah. we need more dragons just across the board. <laughs> I do want to point out um, on your aired out positive, and this is something I've always admired about you. You've been an avid reader, and you've been an avid public reader. We would go to gigs, and you would be you'd find a spot, crack open an Iggy Pop book, and just be doing your thing you know that's a 50 50 thing throughout my life yeah but I like I, go ahead i just want to say i think it's cool because we talked about at one point you're like yeah i just want to read in public the show that you should be reading stuff and uh you said it boiled up like that that wasn't 100 percent what you said but i just i no, admire that's, that. that's pretty cool that sounds like some when i was younger <laughs> i was a lot more like philosophical it was probably something that i came up with but it's a 50-50 thing in the sense that half half people might feel how you do and think that yeah. it's a cool thing and yeah, appreciate it. And then half the people in public are kind of off put by it. And yeah. I've had a lot of people tell me uh, it's weird or it's <laughs> inappropriate or... Yeah, yeah, freaky, whatever. Timmy makes fun of me for it a lot. Or nerdy, I guess nerdy would be the right word, you know, to read in public would be nerdy. So I don't don't think... Personally, my big thing with reading in public is, like, you see people scrolling through their phones. Yeah. I don't like to... Whenever I'm scrolling through my phone, there's always a certain point where I think about, like, I could just be reading. I feel like the thing that I want out of scrolling... Yeah. through whatever social media or whatever is the same thing that I get out of reading, which is just that entertainment and that escape. So when you're scrolling through Instagram and you find a funny video and you click it and you watch it for <laughs> five minutes and you just laugh hysterically, it's that entertainment and that yeah. escape. So it's that same sort of vibe 
that you get from reading a book. And uh, so if I'm scrolling and I'm not getting anything that's entertaining me, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, I want to read. So naturally in public, I would just rather be reading a book than scrolling. You know what I mean? So I just always try to keep a book on me in public. I get, I guess it also goes back to like insecurity and anxiety, you know, Yeah. of like, that's my happy place whenever I'm reading. So bringing that with me makes me more comfortable in public. So I know if I get really anxious or yeah. really like just need to be like walk away, I can always have something to read and even now i have the i have the marvel unlimited app on my phone and i've gotten hip to reading comics just on my phone oh, so now i feel like a warm blanket of safety over me all the time <laughs> it's just i love reading it's just yeah, great no, i think that i think that was really cool and like I, you know and it goes back to what i said about reading to my grandma earlier yeah. when i read that to her she said how much she loved how uh how much i love reading and how she feels like she i never really realized this but it came from her because she she made my mom do it she made my mom be a really avid reader and my mom did the same for me so really if i trace it back it goes back to my granny being a big time reader which is really a trip that I, I got to yeah. read to her today because she struggles with reading, you know, that and is, I bought her and I bought her that thing. That is really cool. So I can, cause I wanted to bring her a comic book, but I'm like, I know she <laughs> is. I got yeah. this one. It's, it's, oh. it's kind of satanic. It's kind of cool, but, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> You should get her one of those audiobook subscriptions like that. There's the audio Spotify type she, deal. I think she had. I oh, think okay. she might have something like that. That's the other reason I didn't. I was weirded out about bringing her books today because I just didn't want her to feel, uh, you know, like embarrassed or whatever yeah. that she couldn't read something. So, because I, I brought my grandpa some cool Conan books. Sick. <laughs> and I gave my and I gave my dad God Country today, which you yeah. don't know about, but it's a you it's and a, Pat were talking about it. It's a really deep story about a dad with Alzheimer's. Oh wait, and no. Alzheimer's, and it's it's Donnie it's Donnie Kate's book. Oh yeah, and, yeah, um, we were talking about with that. I was super excited to give it to my dad because he's kind of the one who got me into comics. Yeah, you know, without without necessarily getting me into them, just because he was always drawing and and you know, I guess it was more so comic book movies. But when I was a kid, he showed me the Spawn movie and all the. The Blade movie, X Men, all any comic book movie that came out, he like made me watch it immediately. So he kind of got me into comic books without actually giving me Your the dad books. Made you a nerd. <laughs> so today I got to give him because well, he's not yeah, a reader. Yeah. That's the thing about some of you know older men in my family is that they're not readers. I've noticed it's hmm. it's just because yeah. they like you know they like to build like your dad yeah. like yeah, I, yeah. your dad's not a reader right. No, he reads, he reads stuff, it, but like I think. But he doesn't read books. He reads like how to rebuild stuff. Yeah, practical yeah. stuff. He's not gonna. You wouldn't see your dad reading a comic book. Yeah, definitely not. No. So that's what I'm saying. So that's the difference. Like older men, I feel like they would rather do hands-on stuff. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. It was weird giving my grandpa a book and my dad a book today. I felt like 
I don't know. I just hope they read them. You know how I am. When I give someone a book, I'm like, you better fucking read it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, if I give you a book, it's no joke. It's not like with, uh, with like albums. I'll give people yeah. albums all the time and it's just whatever. But if I give you a book, I want to hear back from you. Definitely. It's not like I care about you fucking it up. <laughs> I just care about like you, you it need to text me. Yeah. You need to text me and be like, dude, <laughs> or else I'm not happy. Was it? Well, I think that's important too. Is sharing the knowledge and the experience and the inner, like, personal, like, uh, enlightenment that can come from a novel, a book, a comic book, any type of story being told to you, ideally leads to some version of self knowledge, which is pretty much the only type of knowledge anyone can actually get is knowledge of themselves and totally. That's other... the best part about the flea book. It's really making you like dive into yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. He analyzes he's analyzes things to a crazy degree to where you start to think about how things in your life affected you like that. You know what I yeah. mean? And I guess because he's a lot older and he has a lot more perspective, he can look back and see now what things shaped him in certain ways, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like makes you think about stuff like that. And it's flea. So he's going to make it sound beautiful no matter what. Um I got a segment I want to try. Based All right, on let's try said. it because we've been going for a minute here. Oh, man, come on. Yeah. All right. Nice theme song. This is called Satanic or Not Satanic. So okay. I'm going to read you two things. We're going to do two of them, so four in total. One cool. comes from the, ten- the fundamental tenets of... The Satanic Temple. The other comes from one of the Ten Commandments. You gotta tell me which one is which. Cool? Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's get into All it. Right, you got yeah. interesting segments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one should strive to act with compassion, empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. You shall that's have... The end of, wait, wait. That's the end of the quote? That's the end of the quote. Okay. Next quote. You shall have no other gods before me. Which oh, one? I don't. I, yeah, that first one was Satan. The other yeah. one was 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 yeah. Christianity for sure. <laughs> that's an easy one for sure. Okay. Um, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over all laws and institutions. Yeah. And uh, next one. Um. Honor your father and your mother. See, you're making this too easy because you're just reading them in order. That's safe. No, they're not. In- <laughs> oh, you flipped them? I'm flipping them, yeah. Oh, okay, you Jedi mind tricked me. But I kind of gave you the answer by that. So, which yeah, one was which? Well I, got, well, I got it wrong. I was guessing the other thing, but yeah. So, I got one right, one wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah! But yeah, that's... <laughs> Isn't cool that crazy? Seg- Dude, the- that was a cool segment, man. Um, I'm going to do this I want to say we're definitely not Satan worshipers. No, not def- at all. We don't really worship anything except like music and and Thor. And um, <laughs> But yeah, it's- Satan makes Satan makes cool music and cool clothes. And we support that. <laughs> definitely. So, uh, and I- like cool tattoos and art and stuff, so. 
I saw a I saw a documentary on the Satanic Temple, and I just couldn't believe the tenets. Oh, see, that's I knew, where this yeah, is coming the, from. Which I leads see, me. I watched part of that Tiger King documentary oh, last right. night with Devin. Did, is I this watched what, the last three episodes of it. That's <laughs> crazy. So I started it at the end when he was already in jail. So I didn't yeah. really. He had just got put in jail, I think, and. But still, it was nuts, man. I didn't see when you talked about it before. You kept saying documentary, and I thought you were just—I thought you were just being a fool. I thought it was like Trailer Park Boys. I thought it was like <laughs> no. I thought it was like a fake documentary, you know? no, sir. Like Reno Nine One One or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and Hell, I thought you just—I thought I thought it was fake, and I thought you bought into it. So I was like, no, oh, Dave's a fucking idiot. It's just—it's <laughs> a, a fake thing. And I went to De- I went to Devin's last night for a little bit, and hanging out and he's watching and i dude it took me like 20 seconds to be like whoa dude this is fucking insane what? and i'm just like glued to the tv immediately and i hated it i hated how i felt but i loved it it was it was so weird and i'm like watching it and it was i don't know it was baffling i don't want to talk about it too much All right, but well, what was what was what happened within those 20 seconds that made you be like wait what like um, it was like just the develop. It was just so much developing at once. It was just so much to. I was so so many people pointing fingers in so many different directions. Yeah, and I, and I just my curious brain immediately was like trying to figure out what was going on. So it, I don't know, man. It, it was just baffling. Sense. It's insane. I guess the thing that drew me in was I didn't believe it was real. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't let myself believe it was real. Yeah. And then at a certain point I realized it is real, but it's not. And I tried to explain this to Devin it's, with like yeah, it's a documentary. Like they're real people and it, everything that happened happened, but at a certain point they know what's happening and they know how crazy it is and they become caricatures of themselves. Yeah, definitely. You know what Especially I mean? Like, like a, a Joe Exotic. He's just yeah, to... yeah. At a certain yeah, at a certain point, you know how crazy, how famous, and how much this is going to blow up, and yeah. you just start playing the character because there's certain people on the show that they're just perfect characters. They're just <laughs> such yeah. perfect characters, and they never break character, and it's like unreal at points. Like the people that don't like the Doc Antle or whatever. He's like one of those guys that like. You don't really hear too much from him, so you know that guy's real crazy. He's the guy with no legs. No, no, he's the guy that has has the his own tiger place, and he's got all those wives. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. We shouldn't talk about it too much. I, I it's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's just insane. You no, not like that. Yeah, I just no. mean I I don't. It's just it, yeah. it's almost like the greasy strangler. <laughs> it's like something that I I didn't want to see, but I saw, and now I'm like not trying to think about it too yeah. much anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? yeah okay um, so you want to do the last segment or you want to launch into the album we've been going for um, almost an hour i think it's yeah. been like 50 i think we minutes. got to uh we got to touch upon this last segment which i hope is talking about cowboy bebop oh okay your segment or you know we're still talking about stuff we've been watching we kind of went into my second segment from my satan oh segment. yeah yeah we have so, kind of poetic so um, you wanted to talk about things we've been watching during and we stream. kind of been doing that right now. So yeah, screen the uh, corn corn screen and uh, so today I watched Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, <laughs> which was totally bonkers. That, and 
Basically, have you seen it? No, but I can tell Basically, you my favorite memory about it. Once you okay. read it. My, it involves you. You were there. When me, you, and Nico, and Ben went and saw oh, Spider-Man, man. the release, like, <laughs> that trailer comes on, and it ends, and it's like this epic ending, quote-unquote. Super high-budget, crazy yeah. action shot, big, big explosive ending. With that and helicopter it ends and it gets yeah and there's like this crazy helicopter scene and it ends and it gets quiet and nico just bursts out <laughs> laughing like hysteric laughing and everyone in the theater is like oh like, everyone like like low-key joined in yeah they, because he like he his laughing made everyone else like unify in in the, in the realization of that that trailer was so fucking corny <laughs> it was hilarious it, it, but yeah the movie the movie was basically the same thing and it was so um, awesome because it was like it was like a sea of people that were like oh, 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 and just like join nico <laughs> nico just be like, ah, 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 like yeah that's classic nico if anyone knows him moment, that's, but, cla- that's totally something that would happen to him <laughs> but yeah the only cool part about the movie was uh, Idris Alba's character had a motor. He was like basically a cyborg, and he had this motorcycle that he was somehow like cyborg, cyborgically connected to, and <laughs> okay. he could like he could like call it like Mjolnir. So I kept I kept calling it Mjolnir, and at one point my clever dad said, "Oh, here comes his Mjolnir cycle." Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, so it was cool because he could call it and he could like do. He could make it morph like a fucking transformer. Like it was pretty cool, but I mean, I don't know. It was kind of corny too. But also, um, yeah, I've been watching Cowboy Bebop, so we talked about that earlier. Yeah, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast, which I think is important that you were diving into because anime's not your thing, and your brother's yeah. So Cowboy Bebop. When I was a kid, I watched a little bit of anime. I watched, you know, DBZ. I think I watched uh, actual Dragon Ball. Yeah, the prequel. And I was pretty much into whatever was on Toonami, but I didn't really like follow anything yeah, except yeah. except for DBZ. And I just I've always liked anime, but I never dove deep into it. And then yeah, so now I've been trying to get into it. I started with Cowboy Bebop, um, slowly getting through it. I'm on like episode nine, and at first when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's really cool. The animation's amazing, and it's kind of funny, and there's really good action scenes and then i got to like episode seven and i was telling dave it's super emotional and this kid uh no gets shot in the fucking yeah. back like ricky and boys in the hood <laughs> and i was like holy shit and he and he oh yeah and he was like water that's the thing it's a whole bruce lee episode yeah so i was yeah. thinking about you the whole time because it's all bruce lee and and he's telling him you gotta be like water and then the <laughs> yeah. dude is fine the dude's finally like water and he looks at spike like look I'm, I'm like water and he gets fucking shot in the back like Ricky dude and I was like oh, oh my poor little heart sunk I was like I was like what, what the fuck he was like water and now he just got shot like that doesn't happen to water and it fucked me up and I realized that this show is not just fun and games it's gonna get really emotional I texted my little brother and, and told him about it and he said it's gonna get way worse so it's it's one of those shows that you can always go back and watch more into because like every episode I've seen the first episode like maybe five times. Yeah, yeah. Every episode is like one thing I want to point out in that first episode, the action scenes are especially Bruce Lee. 
Like when he's fighting and he's kicking and he's holding that. Pose. Whenever, whenever he fights is really Bruce Lee, and it's it's, it's super fluid. Yeah, and he never, he never, he's always on the defense. And yeah, yeah, you never see him go after somebody. And like I think I, there's just so clutch. Everything about it is so smooth and so. And you gotta think this was like I love the explosions and the space scenes. Those are my favorite. Uh, Animations. Let me pull up. What year exactly was Cowboy? Nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. So, the animation—that's like high animation that still stands up and story. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I talked music. to um, I talked to a kid recently from Ireland that's doing uh, some work for me, and he's an animator. And I gotcha. mentioned to him that I was watching Cowboy Bebop, and he said, uh, he said that's some of the best animation ever. And it's like yeah. you said, it's kind of crazy to think about that it came out so long ago and it still stands up with what's going on today. But it's an amazing show. What about you? I've just said like, um, I just been wanting to talk like to I you about called. Cowboy Bebop. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I haven't seen anything uh, okay. at the moment now. I, oh. thought, I was gonna say, I feel like I've just been talking. No, you're but good. Yeah, Cowboy um, Bebop's really cool. I like one of my favorite things about anime is when they eat. I love the way <laughs> that's where I sent oh. you that one video. Yeah, but yeah, like just the way food is in anime and the way they eat. I gotta, it's so cool. It, it's it's, in that one in particular, uh, the guy who directs Cowboy Bebop, he does. A, there's a few others. I've been watching one he did called Space Dandy. Yeah, send me some other ones because I'm I obviously I'm not done yet. There's yeah. like 26 episodes, but Cowboy I really want to like, know where I want to know where to go after this because the only uh, the the other ones that I know about, I feel like I don't know. Another one of my are favorite? just popular. The other ones I know about are just popular. ones. They're gotcha. not necessarily ones that I would like. Like I know One Punch Man's a big one. Yeah, I know My Hero Academia. That's a big one, right? Yeah, that's that's like a new generation. I haven't got into it yet. A lot of my that's students what I are mean. Into so it. like that's what I mean. I know stuff just from here and you know in the yeah. comic book community, but I don't really know what I should go for next. I think so I'll, I'd be open to anything go for Trigon. Trigon's one of my favorite. It was awesome. Okay, I feel like I used to watch that one when I was It was kid. in that the same familiar. block of... Is, what's it look like? He, it's Is a, there a lot of... It's a, like a it's western. It's really spacey. Yeah, it's a western. But it's like a spacey western, like yep. Cowboy Bebop, but it's a lot of like blue colors? Um, I think there's a lot of warm colors. As far as the background scene, it's a lot of dust planet. It's like Woody Guthrie playing. I've definitely seen it before. I'll definitely you got you got a DVD of it. Yeah, I got the whole series. Yeah, yeah, hook me up with that. Um, um, the it's also on Hulu. Um, oh, okay, that's good enough. So I noticed a lot of the animes on Hulu. All the classics are on there now too. So um, what? You haven't been watching anything? No, I been... have. I just been wanting to talk to you about Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> well, yeah, it's super cool, man. I love Spike. I like the corgi because yeah. now when i go to my dad's house it makes me feel like the corgi's cooler yeah I guess which i went there today and they they have the corgis are hilarious they have the one that's just wild and crazy and the yeah. other one is just like so scared of everything <laughs> like i walk in the house and he was shaking when i walked Whoa. in he was so afraid Jeez. and it's like that's just how he is the other one like runs up to you and like wants to fight you you know it's corgis are the funniest dogs in the world man i never it's so weird that i never encountered them until i started watching cowboy bebop well and, and your dad adopted like two of them right at one two, point there was three when i was over there the neighbors was over there too it was like a yeah i thought yeah i said they were like gremlins and yeah. put water on them and they fucking multiply but like and they all got like these viking god names right 
Yeah, I can't remember either of the corgis' names, but his big dog's named Odin, and he used to have a dog named Freya that died. Yeah. But a nun named Thorgi, which I'm still disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm disappointed. So Donnie Cates on his live stream last yeah. night announced that he's getting a dog, and he said the dog's name is Odin. And nice. I told him, you should have named it Thorgi. <laughs> <laughs> you drilled that dog so much. But anyway, so... Let's move on to the next segment. You ready, Cody? Sure. Is this your se- the, your segment? I had a I had yeah, a... yeah. Was oh yeah. You want to do that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was we'll do albums that change you. We'll do okay. a quick one. Uh, Not that one. Yeah. No. Crank it. Crank it. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you into cranking it too much. All right. <laughs> Albums that change do. Yeah, so that was a clip from the song Me and My Friends off of, I got it right here, uh, Chili Pe- Red Hot Chili Peppers Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Like I said earlier, I've been reading the Flea book, so I thought it'd be cool to talk about a Chili Peppers album. Uh, it's really hard for me to pick this. I spent yeah. like the last hour before we talked trying to pick which one because <laughs> all their albums are so good. Yeah. And they've all had a significant impact on my life. And I could talk about any one of them at capacity but this one's especially special to me because it's the only album with the original four members on it it's their third album released in 1987 it like i said it's the only one with all four original members ironically enough the original guys didn't all play on the first two records but um it's got some crazy good songs on it. It opens with Fight Like a Brave, you know, Me and My Friends, Skinny Sweaty Man. This record really reminds me of Devin because yeah. me and him used to listen to this when he got his first car, his Grand Marquis. This was like the number one nice. CD that was just yeah. playing all the time. And there's two songs on here, Skinny Sweaty Man and Love Trilogy. Those two songs particularly like remind me of Devin. But... There's um, a lot of good songs on here, and this album just really impacted my life when I listened to it. It reminds me of living with Devin, and uh, like I said, I could talk about any of the Chili Peppers records for a while. It's hard to pick between them, but Uplift Mofo Party Plan is not necessarily my favorite one, but I feel like the one that maybe impacted my life the most. Gotcha. You know? I'm a man, the man with the band, the band with the plan, coming from all over the land. Uh, I can't, what's that line they, they rap in there? Yeah, you almost had it. I'm um, not going to try to butcher it like you. I had that, I had that like for a long time. Um, I'm a piggyback off of you, and as far as like Chili Peppers records that changed my life, I'm going to go with Mother's Milk, which was the yeah. first the first record with Frusciante. Um, and the first Chili Peppers it's record. The, it's, it's, it would be the next record after this yeah. one in their chronology. And it's the first one I heard, like, in its entirety. That wasn't, like, the greatest hits and that red greatest hits. You know what I mean? That's Yeah, what hits? Yeah. Um, and, like, was it um, the Good Time Boys when it comes in with that cool cut track and has, like, X in it? You know what I mean? So cool. So, I love like, that song, man. Um, that might be my favorite one on the record. 
Knock Me Down. I always liked. Uh, <sighs> Damn, no, that one might be my. Damn, dude. I'm not. I don't have the record in front of yeah. me like you do. Um, but, I'm uh, pulling up tracks like in this one. Uh, they got the the bonus feats, which have castles made of sand, like all the pepper, uh, the Hendrix covers. Yeah, those were kind of cool, but but um the the main crux of the cool ones were the Frusciante. It doesn't he, he sing? Does he sing one on there? I don't think he sings one on here. Higher Grounds on there. I know that yeah. was a big hit for him off of that record. It was a really cool album, and the album cover's super cool. It's like them in like a naked lady's yeah, like. Yeah. That she's holding it's really cool I love that album because it's the first Rushante album and you get a lot of it's kind of the bridging the gap between the early oh, era yeah. and the Rushante the classic Rushante era the first one I ever heard in its entirety was when I've been a fan of them ever since Californication came out and that might sound weird or like whatever but I can vividly remember when Californication came yeah. out yeah, yeah. And my mom bought it, and she used to play it all the time. And I would sit and listen to it and stare That's at the a cover. Good too, yeah. That's it's so good, good, but the cover it. on it is like that red and blue seas. It's yeah, like yeah. A, they switch the sky and the yeah, water. yeah. It's like the sky and the pool. And I would just I remember when we lived in Cleveland, we had a we lived on a second floor balcony, and I would sit on the balcony and listen to that record and stare at that album cover. And I just thought it was like a different. I thought it was a different universe. You know what yeah. I mean? I imagined it as like this crazy it parallel place universe where, on that one too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck, I should have got. That's, I forgot how many good tunes were on that one. Oh yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like yeah. they're all they're all such special yeah. records. Yeah, yeah. And I like I said, I could talk about any one. And Blood Sugar is for sure the best one. And yeah, definitely. You know, that's yeah. got to be your. That's got to be everyone's favorite. It's got to be the best. You can't deny it. But Californication so- holds a special place yeah. too because. It was the first one for me, and then after that, I kind of followed their career. But um, there's one that, don't, you know, throws you into it. Um, yeah, for sure. Mother's Milk is great. I think I remember when you got when you heard that record. I remember. I actually got the vinyl for that one too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I can't remember when it was, but I remember it was in high school when I heard that record. Yeah, I think I remember because you got like super into it. But I mean, <laughs> everyone everyone yeah. does that with the chili peppers. All right, ready to start picking apart our album? Yeah, let's jump back into it. So uh, we were on his hands. Yeah, last the last song we talked about was track number five for some account. Now we're into track number six, cleanest hands. Here's a. Are you gonna play a clip? Yep. So I'm gonna play. Uh, I don't want to get sued by the band, so I'll play a thirty second. I think I fixed the. Uh, Cut it. Cut it. Um, yeah. That's so. a song called Clean Your Sands on the record. Um, this one, I would say, is the fan favorite off the album between this one and Easy Four. This yeah. is the number This is the number one song that people respond to at our live shows and um, on the album. Yeah. I think the main part of which is science. It's a scientific fact that if you play multiple instruments, 
normal people, as we call them, as musicians call them, peasants, uh, normal people that don't play music will be blown away. Like, if anyone that doesn't play an instrument sees you playing multiple instruments at once... <laughs> it's a scientific fact that they're going to be blown away. Uh, so yeah, I, I was think really that's... in the sea level until he called me a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was totally, I was obviously being I know, a bit I know. there. No, <laughs> nobody's a peasant, but uh, unless you are. Yeah. A so people that don't understand music think it's really crazy to see someone play multiple instruments, which it is. I'm not yeah, trying to, knock, sure. I'm not trying to take away from your skills, but uh, I think that's what blows people away the most about this song is they see you playing the little guitar they see you playing the harmonica and singing all at yeah. once and they're like man this guy can really do it and they don't know that you really can kind of do all of those things you're not that great at any one but if you do them all at once it's kind of cool <laughs> i can kind of handle it wow <laughs> was it um... but yeah, Dave plays on this song. He plays the pedal steel, lap steel. the lap steel guitar. I um, use some pedals though. Mostly I call it the I call it the little guitar, <laughs> the mama guitar, because it's little and he sits and he sits down. So it's really just I think it's an attention grabber. It's a old school bluesy style song that not a lot of people do this kind of music anymore. I think that kind of grabs people's attention too. And then when we play it live, we insert a little bass guitar battle yeah. in the middle section sort of a solo battle where we go back and forth and you're never ever allowed to play smoke on the water during um that's why i said that and yeah i think it's just kind of kind of built a, it's a song built for people to like i guess I well know. if i can kind of expand upon it um we some of our earliest songs were like kind of blues songs me and you started playing blues and totally bars big and big influence on us was blues electric blues players like steve ray vaughn and and albert king and uh jimmy and and clapton and also uh, we're big into acoustic blues players like robert johnson and skip james and uh you know people like that so we always incorporated that sort of influence into our music yeah so i think this was kind of like the the culmination yeah you're right this is kind of like how i said for some account was years of us trying to write a a proper reggae song yeah this is years of us trying to write a proper blues song and we kind of nailed it on the head with this one too so i think in the and with this one we did a music video for it which was super bluesy at box duke joint with frankie star as a guest guitar player um and I think you check, that you can check that anyone listening can check that out on YouTube and uh, and on the Facebooks and uh, pull up the clip, Jamie. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's me talking to the listener, telling them <laughs> to pull the clip up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that one got way more attention than I thought it would just be, you know, because we play blues songs all the time and like they would be like, OK. So when it, I kind of knew it would be a, a smash hit across the global <laughs> music network, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just my scientific. Like I said, I do everything scientific by the facts. So I knew factually this song was a hit based on the st- statistics. It was just going to be a smash based on the Watts law. Yeah. Under the pop, so uh, under the pop equation, 
Um, My favorite part of the song is pretty much I just really like your harmonic playing on it, and I think when you lock when you lock in with the guitar and the harmonica together when they're hitting the same note uh, yeah. perfectly, yeah. it sounds it sounds really nice. Yeah, I've been. Um, as far as me and Pat, we kind of just lock in a groove and don't yeah. really do anything special. But I mean, no, that's not true. The whole thing, like, this is one I don't do by myself. When I there's a lot of sea level songs I do by myself, but yeah, this, this record, is one that you need the groove. Yeah. It would sound really pointless without that groove behind it. Sorry, I got some type of thing. I, I did too at the same time, and I Weird. thought you were somehow looking at mine. Like, that was some Jumanji shit, dude. <laughs> um. um but, but yeah, it's it's a good song. It's like I said, it's one of my favorites. Did you use any other guitars besides the little guitar? Uh, yeah, and this one I used a so it was a lap steel and it was a recorder king lap steel, which whatever. Um, I also cheap, use cheap lap steel. Yeah, it's um, tunes the greatest. Um, holds tune the greatest. Uh, I used Carrie's Les Paul on this one. Nice, that's and, a cool um, guitar. I like playing that thing. Yeah, and Carrie's, uh, I don't know, it's weird. Him with he was list. adamant that it had the core blues tone you needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carrie, was like, Carrie was definitely like, there's not enough Delta in this boogie, brother. I'm like, what? And he's like, <laughs> and it took me on like a magic school bus ride to get his Les Paul from like the depths of like the blues. That's pretty cool. Check oh. out this part. Oh no, this is for some reason. How did I get queued up? Check out that part. Great job. I wanted to point out one thing I kind of liked about it. So one thing came out. One thing that came out better than I thought it would was the harmonies that happened on the chorus. Which I was real happy about because like it took me and Carrie forever to get those. They suck. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, those sound really nice, man. Um, The lyrics are so cool, dude. Can you speak on the lyrics at all? Um, I think these are some of my favorite lyrics on the album. Thanks. For sure. Uh, when you say crack the crack the bone, crack a bone. Crack your bones and pay your dues. Uh, the way you say that, so, the way you so, say that line, crack your bones, just sounds so cool. Like you, you enunciate. You really you used to be really bad at enunciating. Yeah, Ming reminds And me. you did you did good on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it started off as like a story song, like and lost the narrative and just became what it is. But That's how a lot of your songs are. You start off on one little idea and you kind of build into a grander thing that has nothing to do with where you started. Yeah, which I don't know if that's how songs are supposed to be. Um, I've been in, <laughs> the more I've been writing songs, the more I've been able to streamline the narrative through them, which I've been happy about. And like that's why I'm super excited about some of our new stuff. But um, with I love one, the lyrics to this one. It was kind of a. It was supposed to be a story about a guy who was working at a factory and then it got shut down because of like. Capital, uh, capitalistic Because uh, of coronavirus? Because of coronavirus. Because you kind of predicted it with this tune. Did you see that? Con- you still haven't watched that Kanye video I sent you. I know you haven't. Yeah, you I can told me if you would have. I'm going to watch All that. Right, as, sidebar, soon as, this is over. as soon as we're done, you're watching it. Yeah, I'm watching um, that for sure. 
but yeah, um, you kind of predicted it, which is cool. I like uh, it's it gives the song an extra oomph now when we yes. say, you know, clean. And uh, I thought one thing was cool when when the album first came out. Our good friend Tom Keating, yeah, he listened to it and he gave me a lot of feedback. And one, he said this was one of I think his favorite songs. But when he he tried to quote the lyrics to me, and he had the wrong lyrics, but the wrong lyrics that he had he were say? really cool too. He said he thought instead of cleanest hands, yeah, he thought you were saying cleanest bands, like oh. the cleanest bands make the the dirtiest money. That's kind of which cool is kind of yeah. It's really cool. It gave me like a ZZ Top vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah, like like a clean band with like the fucking with no suit beard. and tie, <laughs> but they're like they're just like uh, con artists. They're just yeah. they're not even a band. They're just fucking tricksters, and they Damn, just come that's... in and trick you and take the money. That'd be a cool Tom song. Just wrote a better song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought when he said that, too. I was like, fuck, that's kind of cool. I'm just not even going to tell him that's the wrong lyric. <laughs> I had someone who said the cleanest hands make the bloodiest money, which is like a more extravagant that's, version. Yeah, that's more dramatic and, yeah. like, that kind of give me Conan or Thor vibes. But um, I like the ZZ Top vibes, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because we're kind of ZZ Top-ish. Yeah. Three-piece. Yeah. You got beard. We're sharp dressed right now. Always. I don't have any clothes on. <laughs> we're a Dragon Ball Z long sleeve shirt. We're nothing but sharp. The the, the ladies look out. <laughs> we're so, not characters on Tiger King. <laughs> that's pretty much that song. You want to get into the next one, the title right. track? Burn, Burn Your, your own, own Gasoline. gasoline. Jinx. Um... I can't help but air drop. <laughs> I know Pat <laughs> definitely killed it on this. That's 30 seconds, man. Yeah, we're going to How come when we play other songs, you cut it like after 10 seconds and you start chopping up my favorite artists and songs, but when we play our songs, you just let it roll and you don't chop shit? Because we're really not going to sue ourselves, but I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Marvin Gaye might actually sue us. (laughs) So that's a protective chop you're doing to my songs? Yes, yes. I don't know how legal it is what we're doing. Um, Um, Well, yeah, that song's really cool. This is... This might be my favorite song off the album. When me and so my dad really liked this record and he listened to it a lot and showed a lot of love afterwards and kind of like was one of the people that spoke on what, you know, was able to actually speak on what songs he liked. Yeah. And I want to say this was his favorite tune. I think he said between this one and Hard Funk were his two favorite tunes. And yeah, I kind of think this one. You know, some of the other songs I like more, but I think this one speaks... The, I think this is a perfect title track because it kind of kind of speaks of everything we want to say in yeah. one song and kind of gives the whole feel for the album in one song. And I think listening to this song and looking at the album cover, yeah. they kind of go perfectly together. Especially like this, knowing like, the story behind like it. Like, this is kind of the theme song to the album cover. Yeah. Which makes the whole piece kind of central and, and you know what I mean? It's just, 
I think it's my favorite song on the record. Um, was it definitely? I think this was kind of like for the longest time I've had this song in the bank and I've been wanting to like play it with the band. And it's a weird tuning and it's a weird approach to a song. It took us a while to get it. And like, um, it's kind of like a hoedown. It's kind of like country James Brown. Country James Brown. Um, it's it's got my favorite ending to a song I've ever done. Um, yeah, it's a great ending, and I wanted it to be the ending of the album. But we, so for behind the curtain stuff, when we were arranging the track list, we spent a lot. Me and Dave spent a lot of time trying to figure out where we wanted everything, Just, and way way more time. Now that I'm looking at it, we never changed anything. Th- so we spent, we spent hours and hours debating it, and never changed a <laughs> goddamn thing. But <laughs> we really wanted this to be the closer of the album because the ending is so perfect, but we thought that the ending, or more so Dave, thought the ending sounded like the beginning of Stomp. Yeah. And he didn't want it to... It's kind of one of his signature licks that he does. A... <laughs> and he didn't want that... He didn't want his signature licks to be back-to-back. He didn't want to show off that he doesn't have very many <laughs> signature licks. <laughs> so... We key, chose to keep key. it uh, um, where it's separated. At. The quote, yeah. the um, but yeah, with this one, I think this was a as a band. This was for me a major break. Once we got through with this, I knew we can pretty much learn any of these tunes and do any of these type of styles. And like for sure, the bridge was a big breakthrough. Yeah. Um, another thing with this one was real weird. To this was the first one I finished because usually we open with this one. So this was the uh-huh. first one I finished all the parts on. And going back to it, it was fucked and took probably the most amount of work to get everything arranged right. That's and crazy. Like, uh, vocally. Because we just kind of rock right into it when we, yeah. when we s- s- play. Um, what about the lyrics, you know? It's, it's like um, you said, it kind of fits to go with the story of the album cover. So, but you didn't, you didn't write it in that vein. No, no. This was years before I even seen that painting. But uh, So the lyrics kind of... Uh, is kind of like a everything's fucked up situation, but you got to do what you're going to do to the maximum you're going to do it and ride your own wave type thing. Totally. Um, and it can mean whatever you want it to mean, but that's kind of the headspace I was in with it. And uh, burn your own gasoline is, is something Sea Level has been doing our entire career. It's just believing in what we do and like doing it to for ourselves and hopefully people dig. And, like, when we played Negative Space's anniversary show when Robin DJ'd, um, Pat and I were talking with Gotti, and he showed us that painting that became the album cover. Yeah. And he, he told us the story about it. And, because Pat's like, oh, we should use that for the record. And I'm like... It was Pat's idea? He pitched it, and then when Gotti told, told us the idea, I'm like, yeah, we sh- totally should. I and never I, knew that. Yeah. That's cool. I always thought that was just a totally you thing. Shouts out to Pat, our artistic director. Our artistic (laughs) director, indeed. Um, I want to play the ending really quick. Check this ending out. That's rock and roll. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on, yeah? Yeah, you're you're satisfied with that song? Yeah. Did like, you what what about guitars? Did you use any different 
guitars or you just use your same you use the double neck I use the and double the acoustic in the acoustic and the 12 string acoustic so yep. sort of this standard setup that you used for most of the songs on this yep i don't think i used anything oh with this one i used carrie's les paul at the very end we like tripled up guitars on that like that had some oh, six okay. string action that's but cool other than I didn't that, know that it was all 12 string and it's really cool how you use the different guitars in one song yeah no like i've when we got these mixes back before they had anything else but just guitar i've never been more stoked to be like like I showed them the people. You yeah, that's that? what I was telling you when I first played this record, when it first came out. We were lucky enough to put out this record on the same day that Mac Miller's first posthumous album, Circles, came out. And I told Dave this story, but when that morning, that Friday morning when I went to work, all I wanted to do was play the album, our album, for everyone. And I usually wear my headphones at work and kind of just do my own thing. Yeah. But that day I brought my radio up and I was going to, my plan was I was just going to get up there really early before anyone else put on a radio and put on our album super loud and make everyone listen to it. Nice. So I did that. I got up there really early. I put on the radio with our album and I got a trash can and I set the radio on the trash can so the radio wouldn't be just on the floor. It'd be like directed to where, you know, at a more proper level and i put on our album and i had it cranked and i get like one or two songs in and these electricians across the hall put on max album circles uh, yeah and uh you know i can't i couldn't i couldn't do the music i couldn't do the jam music battle between Scott us and mac battle. yeah a- yeah i couldn't do that with mac so i went i paused i paused my thing and i went over to them and i said hey man you guys listening to the mac new mac album and they said yeah Turn off the mac. and i said um well do you have ad free and they go no we're just playing it on youtube and i said well i got spotify ad free so why don't you let me crank it I'll put it in the hallway and I'll crank it real loud so we all hear it. So they were like, yeah. So I did that so that I could gain ranks of music throughout the entire floor and hallway. And I cranked the Mac album and we all listened to it together, everyone that was working up there. And we all got to enjoy it at like 7 in the morning, you know. And uh, when the Mac album ended, I put on our album. And I cranked that super loud and everyone listened to that too. So. Got it was him. really cool to play them first back to back and make yeah. everyone listen to them. <laughs> but this is where I was going with this was when I I told you when I played that at work. Yeah. For the first time, I was thinking in my head that um, above anything, if people didn't like the style of music or the lyrics or the songs, above anything, yeah, they had to at least admit that the guitars and the guitar solos were phenomenal. And that's that was my mentality playing yeah. it at work. I was like, okay, most of these dudes might not like a song like Lover or yeah. for some account, but they ha- they cannot deny that the guitars are fucking rocking. <laughs> you know, like like I was super yeah. proud to, and I didn't. That never dawned on me until I played it in yeah. front of those type of people. I was standing there thinking like, these guitars are fucking rocking. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you told me that story, and I was like, "Oh, that's sick." And I was like, "Oh no, the Mac Miller!" But you got to be the good, you got to be the hero, and you got to share our, your art and our art, and like classic, classic. Yeah, uh, it was a cool story. But yeah, let's yeah, let's move on to the final song on the album, "Hard Funk." 
and it's Dave's trying to cue it up. No, he's not it very. Up. It's just like there we go. <laughs> it's just I don't know. cool cut that's that's the cut i've been doing the whole time i think maybe now you just heard it no you just nailed it perfectly um so yeah that song's called hard funk it's cool it's kind of a it's a more challenging one for us to play i would say it's an off timing it's yeah, kind it's of a, a weird weird, weird off cuff riff and um but yeah we rock it it's a fun song i like it the ending bridge part's really cool once we get yeah. into a little jam section we get going um, did you use any different guitars on this one? Nope, this was strictly a 12 string and... And the acoustic? An acoustic 12 string. And this one took the most amount of time, though, because we would... I thought you said the last one took the most amount of time. Uh, most amount of time with guitar. Sorry, oh, okay. let me phrase that. that the with last... guitar! With guitar! Yeah, that should be the next one we use for our... our I was going to use it this oh, one. Oh, that's a good one. But I was like, uh, oh, it's kind of generic, but it's that's a so good. One. good. Um, but yeah, we'll that, do it next time. This one, me and Carrie went and made sure every doubled guitar was exactly lined up, which with how that riff is and how specific it is, it's really like, te- you know, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going. Yeah, on. yeah, I could see how that would take a while. I whenever I hear it, I imagine your face. I picture your face when you fuck it up. You make this weird face <laughs> when you fuck it up. Like your brain's like, <laughs> like it can't, it can't compute. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, it's a cool song. It's got a cool ending. What about the lyrics? You got anything um, to say about the lyrics? I can't even really think about what the lyrics are about right now off the top of my head. It's just uh, it's kind of a call towards authentic, authentic, authentic character. Uh, striving to be an authentic character. I guess uh-huh. I'm sure no one would listen to it and hear that, but that's it when I went into it. Like the, the chorus being "Don't try so hard," like <laughs> that's that's the the narrative of it is being in a yeah. Some people have asked me, like, "What's he saying there?" <laughs> so I'm like, "It's just don't try so hard." Yeah, just be yourself type deal. Um, but the way you say it, people are like, "What the fuck is he saying there?" <laughs> <laughs> And this was a, um, a really w- weird one to do harmonies on because it's all like harmonically one chord into the chorus. It's yeah, it's a, it's sweet, a weird. Like, it's it's one of our weirdest songs we ever wrote. Yeah, I'm surprised it goes over at all. <laughs> I'm glad it does. Yeah, people people like it. It's not a smash hit like the last two songs, but it's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, it pretty much rocks. I guess my favorite part of this song is when we sink into the bridge groove and me and Pat sort of lock into this rhythm that just goes and it's kind of like tribal and fun to play and sounds nice. I'll cue it up. Let me see if I can... It should be right here. After another one. Um, But yeah, no, that's definitely one of my favorite parts too. Yeah, you're not even close. No, nope, but wrong. There we go. Yeah, 
The solo is really nice too. Thanks. This song kind of reminds me of this is like country mastodon. Yeah, that's Nico. I remember I was super stoked with just the guitar tracks put together, and I showed it to Nico and Ben, and um, they were super like Nico was like, "Dude, you guys sound like country funk. This is like (laughs) this is the weirdest but coolest thing." And like I was so yeah, this has definitely got our most sort of country twang on the whole album. I would say. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. This is to me not I'm, in a bad way. Yeah, I really. Uh, with it's not. There's no actual country songs on the album at all. It's just, wait till you see the next batch. <laughs> no. I'm yeah. Kidding. Wait till you see. Yeah. Sea level gone. Didn't we go? We went country one time and we came up with country names. I yeah. seen it in my Facebook memories. Yeah. Once. David Garrett was mine. <laughs> I can't remember mine. I can't Damn, either. Yours is so good, David Garrett. Uh, and we had one for Lee too. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember, but yeah. So that's the last song Buckley, on the record. Should it be? Uh, there's hard funk. Then there's got, a bonus. There's a bonus track that we have. That's a version of Stomp that we recorded live at Negative Space. Um, let me cue up to the the selling, not the selling point, but one of the coolest parts, I think. So we did this live at Negative Space with James. Mushler from um, uh, uh, Moon Hooch, formerly of Moon Hooch. And um, this was a really cool and a horrible project at the same time. It took forever. Every bump in the road making this music video that could have happened did happen. But we recorded it and it came out well. And this is the audio take from it. And my favorite part of this whole thing is um, James on the tablas. Yeah. And as soon as it gets to the second part, you can really hear them. All right, cut it. <laughs> yeah, James Rocks, he's one of my favorite drummers ever. Um, Nicest guy in the world. One of the most amazing musicians. He can play whatever the fuck on whatever the fuck. We also had Lee do percussion. Yeah, Lee played congas. um, And this was also recorded with uh, Jay Sparrow from Studio 44. Um, We had a lot of fun doing it at Negative Space. It was one of the... Which is awesome place. I mean, like Dave said, it was stressful. and We had a lot of bump in the roads. But it was cool getting to do it at Negative Space and set up. And you can watch the video on YouTube. Um, you know what? There's no, need to, there's no need to go into breaking down the song because it's a yeah. old song off of our first record. And we just happen to do a, a nice version of it with James because the top of it sounded really nice. And we wanted to stress the percussion and do a nice video with the art from Negative Space. I think I think we guys this is a the, the making of this video is a whole episode which I want to talk about. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought that should be after we get through the album, we should start yeah. prepping like solid stories. You and know, I like think I, could, I think Pat would be able to contribute as a for when we bring him on next. Like he would have yeah, some yeah, good we'll insight get, about we'll how get some solid work. stories going. I was thinking we could tell the story of. Uh, I don't know. I got a lot yeah. of stories we can bust out. But yeah, All so right, that's man. the last little bonus track. I wanted to, before we wrap it up, I wanted to talk about the rest of the 
album, not just the music, but the um, the packaging for one. There's a lot of cool pictures in here. There's uh, on the inside cover. There's a cool picture of me, Dave, and Pat that we took outside of. Uh, Around What's the that corner. bar in Lakewood? Around the corner. Yeah, around the corner. Yeah, we that one's a really cool the picture. Corner, the corner. There's actually a picture um, on the inside cover of us with James Mueschler. Yep, the first where, time from the first time we jammed with him at Negative Space. And then there's one when he played with us at Ingenuity. Okay, in yeah, yeah. There's yeah. and then there's one. There, oh, there's a really cool one of us dressed as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which must have right. been a Halloween because it's a sea level Halloween tradition. And that was at the Winchester when we opened up for that band from Boston. Nice. There's a really cool one of uh, us with Gabe with the sunglasses on. That was after the first failed attempt of that music video. There's a cool when handstand. You were walking the Taco Tano's. Oh yeah, that's right. There's a cool <laughs> handstand shot. Um, some cool van shots. Basically, you did a really good job editing this, and there's some cool pictures on the inside. Um, My favorite yeah. are the van shots. And those are from Lee, actually. The yeah, there's are... some really cool shots. Also, we wanted to shout out the additional musicians, like we said before. Michelle Gaw did backup vocals on Lover, and James did tablas, and Lee did Congress. percussion yeah. on Stomp. Um, and yeah, uh, also we want to talk about, like we said before, all the art was done by Gotti and Dave sort of designed it and everything recording wise was done by Kerry Kirchlow at RCR Recording Studios in Solon. But we were very lucky and blessed to have our, our uh, good friend and one of, you know, my musical idols, uh, Hogue. Dave Hogue Kepner from the band Full Service, and he runs a studio in Austin, Texas called Dream Studios, and he mastered the album for us. Which so is we have super sick. Yeah, it's so cool for us because one, we've never gotten the album properly mastered. We've always had Carrie do it, which is not bad. He's just not technically. That's not what he does. So. Yeah, this was the first time we got an, a, po- a proper master on our music, which was really cool for us to hear, and it was also really cool for us to get to work with Hogue and just anyone from Full Service because they're I would put them in the top five influences on our band. I would, would you say, say so? Yeah, definitely. We've been living that two percent motto ever since we heard it. Yeah, yeah, I put them up there with George with us. Yeah, they're like yeah. really big in sort of influence people that influence us that weren't like super famous were people that we could reach out to and talk to and actually have conversations with and interact with and be like, Hey, how do I do this? How did you do that? You know? And they were really influential on us when we first started and going on as a band, they've always been full service has always been a big influence on us. Both Hogue, Bonesaw, Smell, all them guys. I just want to give a shout out to them and say how cool it was to finally officially work with them and have one of their names on our album. And we just really appreciate him mastering it. We love the way it turned out. Um, And if you ever need any sort of work like that done, you know, check out Dream Studios in Austin, Texas. He gave us a really good price. And he did a really, really good job on it. The turnaround was amazing. Yeah, and he did it really fast too, which is something that people in Ohio... 
don't really do. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say really fast and is he like he he went right through it, but he did it appropriately and we went back and forth a lot for some that were. Yeah, up. he once. Yeah, but, he took it. Ser- he took it really serious. And he he was proficient and polite and like you couldn't ask for a better experience for working. Yeah, with it was pure pure joy lines. working with him. We really appreciate him and. Like I said, all full service. Um, I forgot about that a little bit. That I didn't. That's one of my favorite yeah. parts of the record, man. As far as talking points, I was so focused on song shit. Like I forgot mm-hmm. the we even got those details. Like that's the coolest part of the record is, aside from Gotti's work, is is Hoag's work. Well, no, really, the coolest part is Gotti's work and Ho and that Hoag got on it, and that we. It's it's really like a full circle record because we kind of yeah. tied a lot of the bits together in cool ways. And like. Overall, it's one of the most uh, the one of the works I'm most proud of, as far as like where we were together and what it means as a piece for us and just the the overall turnout of it, the release show, how that went. The, yeah, we I had a lot of record, fun. That, yeah, we did a great job with the release show. Um, so I've I've never been more proud of a release or of a of a piece of a work that we put out. And like, totally. Uh, there's just, yeah. Totally, I'm super super stoked on it, and I appreciate all the good feedback we've got, and any love that we've got, and anyone that hasn't heard it, you know, you can check it out anywhere. We got copies of it for sale. You can get it on streaming on Spotify and YouTube and Bandcamp and all that. Um, Cody's I think this is about. Snapchat. Um, 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 yeah, if you want any of the other music we talked about. Get on our sea level onlyfans.com. Um, but this is going to wrap us up for this episode of the podcast. I'm getting pretty tired. I feel like we've been going for a while. Yeah, we definitely went way longer. This is, this yeah, is this, w- this is, a this might be the longest longer. episode. Um, yeah. so yeah, if you want to hear any music that we talked about, check out Spotify or YouTube or any other streaming service. If you want to, Check out anything with the band. Go to c-level44.com with the numbers being 44. Yes. Um, that's that's our main website. That's our hub where you can reach out to any of our social media. We have you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, also, you can email us at c c level without a dash letter c level. 44 spelled out at gmail.com uh you can reach out to us at any of our social medias there's a zig at the gig facebook page you can reach out to and uh we just want anyone that's listening please send us some feedback because i personally feel like i'm starting to shout into the dark here uh because i posted a big thing today asking for questions and they got a bunch of likes and even a couple shares and not one question Maybe the so thing I don't we're know. Gonna, if, maybe we gotta be more. Give me what should no, I yeah, talk about? Yeah, I think no. I think people thought we were going live. Yeah, Everyone yeah. I talked to said they thought we were going live. Gotcha. So I don't know if people are confused or what. But if just send us anything. If you listen to this, just tell us you listen to it, and we will appreciate that. But seriously, if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, any sort of message, comment, anything, email. We'll read it. We'll reach out. You'll we'll talk about it on here. You know, let us know if anything that you're hearing, if it's good or bad. You know, interesting, not interesting. 
if we need to talk we, more about Cowboy Bebop and Satan, or yeah, not, whatever, or less, or more about David Bowie. Have you learned that song yet? Yeah, uh, not. You know, uh, speaking of that song, here it is. Sick of playing guitar. 